Welcome to the Fantasy Impact Today podcast, basketball edition. This is our first basketball podcast. We've been trying to get this going for a little while now, and we're finally here because my co-host, Datoon, has finally finished his master's degree. So congratulations, Datoon. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, So we're really excited to finally get into basketball. We know basketball is still in the bubble so fantasy is not really happening right now unless you're doing DFS, which by the time we probably get this podcast out, DFS will just about be wrapped up because we'll be heading into the playoffs. But so mostly we'll be looking forward to next year. We'll be looking at players who were watching in this bubble, who surprised us this season, who surprised us in the last few games that we're looking forward to seeing. But before that, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. Uh, his name's Datoon. I will be calling him Toon to make it easier and his little catchy name he just came up for us. Tune in Tyler or TNT. So maybe that'll stick. We'll see. Maybe people will just shoot that down. What's that? Whatever. Yeah, I, thought, I thought it was a good one. You never know. Some yeah, may just... like it, some may not. If you don't, like... whatever. I like that you uh, come in contributing right off the bat. You know, no shyness. <laughs> so let's see. Let's look at this resume here. What makes you qualified to be a fantasy basketball expert? Whoa, whoa. Well, I, I wasn't prepared for any of this, man. Ah, well, I mean, what, do you think I was going to interview you without without your resume? I mean, okay. come on. <laughs> okay, let's see here. So it looks like we both played basketball in high school, and it even looks like we played the same position of six-man. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, now, no, no. I, I, think, I think you misplaced. It wasn't six for you. It was 16. Oh, but... <laughs> wow. I don't even think there was uh, 16 seats on the bench. I guess I was uh, cheering from the stands or something. <laughs> But no, we did. I, I came off the bench. I had a little bit of playing time. Don't look at my stats. You won't be able to find any. Um, but to be fair, you did play at a much bigger school. So the depth there was uh, I would have been the 16th man you know, hey, on that yeah. team. Hey, we, we both played ball. That's all that matters. So I'm at ball. And you even got to make it to the next level. You walked on at Auburn. Is that right? Yeah, I did. I did. Both, both me and Datoon here uh, graduated from Auburn. Datoon walked on, got to play a little while, but then... The other part of his basketball experience is that he suffered the same injury as Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to the great, the great uh, Black Mamba. So, getting a professional injury also he sheds a little light into basketball knowledge. So, unfortunately, that happened, but fortunately, has led him here to this career. Otherwise, he'd be we'd be probably talking about you on this list, right? Hey, man, you still can. You know, there's still still got time to play. You still got time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you never put your name in the draft. There's always a chance. <laughs> but but yeah, as I just mentioned, we were able to start podcasting today because Toon finished his master's degree, so he's now officially supposedly smarter than me. Am I supposed to call you Master Toon now? Is that how that works? That's how it works, man. Okay. Two Master, Master Toon, one, two. Just whatever. whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, okay, so since we're starting off with fantasy basketball, yeah. and there's not fantasy basketball really starting right now, I figured we could just jump into some of the headlines, which, you know, fans of fantasy basketball are usually fans of factual basketball as well so we can talk about a little bit of what's going on right now how do you think this bubble's going so far right now for them um you know when when they first announced that the nba is coming back i had my doubts i was like man how are they going to bring this back they've been on a hiatus for five months there's no way there's no possible way they'll be able to come back and you know do anything that'll be productive or be able to play but the way they've done it the way they've isolated the players the way they've been able to come back and return to a perfect game shape it's been you know phenomenal. So I think the NBA did a great job working on everything. And then, you know, 
there's been no no COVID nineteen test. You know, people have snuck out. You know, grab some wings and, <laughs> and whatever, and to come back some wings and you know a dance or two. But you know, besides that, there hasn't been no truly big uh, situations. So I think I think they've done a great job, man. What about you? How do you think about it? I mean, the fact that yeah, like you said, they have no COVID nineteen in the bubble. That's really yeah. big because right now COVID nineteen is still on the rise in the United States. Yeah, it's, it's nuts and. I mean, it's probably the biggest thing going on right now in the U.S. And the fact that they've able, they've come up with a way to completely keep it away from these players and allow them to play safely in a contact sport, it's really yeah. huge. I'm glad we can do that, especially with a championship on the line. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of these teams in the bubble now. Ooh, I know yeah. that you, you're a big Lakers fan, right? Hey, no, no bias here. No bias. No bias. Here. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> And I knew that at one point, because you were a huge Kobe fan, as mm-hmm. most NBA fans are, you were not the biggest LeBron fan, but I think I've seen you lately in a LeBron Lakers t-shirt. Um, yeah, so funny story about that. So I, I have these two co-workers at work who, they, they played a prank on me. So on my birthday, went in and bought me a LeBron jersey uh, when he joined the Lakers. And them knowing I'm a big Kobe fan, a big LeBron hater. So, you know, just to be nice, you know, I wear it just to kind of show love. Oh, but... just be nice, huh? Yeah, so. Well, these sound like some fantastic co-workers, and <laughs> I guess you're an alright friend for playing along with them. <laughs> well, the shirt. I, I guess one of them's pretty cool, the other one, yeah. So, <laughs> we, won't about, yeah. we won't talk about <laughs> But as you know, I'm a huge Memphis Grizzlies fan. My parents actually live up there, and so I get to attend some of the games, and I'm hoping for a first-round matchup between the two of us, but... Uh, It'll be perfect. We can play each other. That'll be... It's it's not it's not looking great. Not looking great. Memphis has been struggling. We'll kind of get into that later on, but yeah, yeah. they've been maybe, kind of struggling. Maybe I'll just try to steer away from that altogether because I don't really want to talk about it. It's not. No, no, trust, no, no, don't worry. We'll we'll definitely be able to get into that. <laughs> we'll talk about it. I mean, 0-4 is pretty bad. We'll we'll figure out how <laughs> how how it got to that point. Oh man, you know, I kind of figured we'd be four zero, but I guess that was me thinking about Devin Booker and them sons. But anyways. <laughs> The Lakers recently still, they're holding on to the number one seed. Yep. And maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe they knew that all they had to do was just enough to get the number one seed. Mm-hmm. But they've been really struggling. I mean, LeBron, is his his shot has kind of fallen off. And he's not, he doesn't seem to be super aggressive with it. And any game where Anthony Davis doesn't score 30 or more, it seems, they just seem to be lackluster on offense. And uh, you're exactly right. And you know, I think there's a lot of things that kind of play into that. Because, you know, yeah, the Lakers are a great team. But it really, when it comes down to it, it can, they consist of two players, LeBron and AD, of course. And, you know, throughout the, throughout the season, LeBron was playing at the MVP level. And, you know, as since he's came back, we still got to remember, we're so used to LeBron that I've been to eight finals LeBron. But you got to remember, he's still, what, 35 years old and in his 17th season. So, the fact he's going to have to wear and tear at some point, he, he might be reaching that point now, or, you know, he could just be saving himself. He might be able to go, you know, zero dark 30 mode here soon <laughs> and, and bring it all back. So I'm thinking, you know, it's just some little time, but LeBron being such a great player, you know, um, uh, debatable, debate, arguably one of, the, uh, one of the goats, you know, I think he'll be able to, you know, pick it up and, you know, come back. Yeah, I'm not betting against playoff gray beard LeBron. Now, I am kind of sad that he ended up dying that back black. I was really hoping he'd go through and dominate all these teams in his 17th season with a gray beard. That would just be, I mean, the ultimate statement to the league, right? Like, I'm, 
you know what? I'm much older than all you guys, and you still can't keep it with me. I, I, I think he made the statement because you know <laughs> I, I don't see what no, so I don't see why he wouldn't have died it back before the game started or before the the scrimmage or anything started. But I think he wants to wait for that first Lakers Clippers game where they'll have that matchup, and then he could after he beat the Clippers, he could see they lost to Gray Beard LeBron, and then move on from there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. That's a good point. So now. Some of the, you know, the, one of the things that everybody was looking for, a lot of teams, a lot of people picked the Pelicans. That's a lot of P's to say in a sentence there. <laughs> picked the Pelicans to maybe sneak into that eighth seed because we did know that they had one of the more difficult schedules and the back end of their schedule was supposed to be their easy half. And so they kind of took their bruises at the beginning and fell behind the Grizzlies, my Grizzlies. But their second half is supposed to be lighter. So now coming into the bubble, they're supposedly should have Zion. They should have, you know, Brandon Ingram's starting to look like, I mean, he was an all-star this year. And so we expected them to come in and maybe make a real run at this eight seed. And they still are making a chance at the eight seed. But the Pelicans, even with a chance at the playoffs, are low managing Zion for good or bad reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where, especially when it comes to fantasy, you hate trusting Pelicans players. Yep. Yep. And I think it's not just fantasy. It's just, you know, come as a fan, too. And, and you know, it's kind of hard to say that from a fan's perspective because he might need rest. You know, there might be some things that he's a big guy. He does a lot. I mean, as a fan and as a fantasy player, you want to see him out there. You know, you, you, you're a virtual fan now. You're, you're seeing these games. But if you can't see the best of the best out there, what's the point of watching? You know, why, why should I spend money and watch these games? So, right. It's kind yeah. of a trade-off there. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things, too, where, you know, when they had Anthony Davis, anytime he got even somewhat injured, he was out. I mean, this mm-hmm. whole last season, which he was on the Lakers now, but this is just Anthony Davis, he was day-to-day, I think, every single day, right? Yeah. ESPN had him as day-to-day, potentially every single day, and he played almost every game. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where you kind of hope that they're not being so careful that you never actually get the chance to see your player play like their team could be so great and maybe he has to play through a few small things not big mm-hmm. things never play through a serious injury but if they let him play through a few small things and play most of a season maybe you could really see something special from that pelicans team yeah so and and, and let me let me ask you this because you know it's kind of been noticeable that that zion's been frustrated with the whole low management he's been he's been public about it mm-hmm. so do you think that the Pelicans are doing the right thing by load managing him? Because it seems that he doesn't want to be load managed. So what if they upset him and then, you know, three, four years when his contract ends, that could he could still have that dispute and just want to leave. Are they doing the right thing load managing him? Or should they continue to save and hold him for once they get better players and actually make a real playoff push later on in the years? You know, I'm not entirely sure because, you know, honestly, I would think with such a guy of his caliber, because he's really started showing that he really could live up to that number one pick hype. You know, there was a lot of hype, a lot of haters, because you didn't think anyone could live up to as much hype as he was getting. And he's starting to show that, I mean, he is just bullying full grown men out there. Like he's almost like a stronger Blake Griffin in his rookie season, which is crazy to say, because Blake Griffin was a monster. Yeah. coming out an athletic freak and zion's like an extra what 30 pounds 40 pounds on him it kind of looks like me and you when you know when we go to oh, the gym okay. gym outside and play uh, right? when you put on about 150 250 pounds then you'll start looking <laughs> more like that <laughs> but i th- i would normally say that they should load manage him more but they did that with anthony davis and lost him 
Now, I think they have a better starting spot with talent. Like, they've got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and they've got a bunch of young talent on this team. But you're right. You do have to be careful. You can't just keep holding someone back and forfeiting games and costing your team playoff contention for the sake of trying to have him farther down the road. Because what if that further down the road leads him to Los Angeles because he wants a chance to actually win a championship? You've got to try to win a championship. It's the only way to get players to play. So hopefully they're doing the right thing. We'll see. I'm hoping next year they kind of unleash him a little bit. And I hope he has a chance to take care of his body over the offseason and play most of the game. Because he's still a young guy. That's There's no reason that someone that young, barring serious injury, shouldn't be able to play. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I agree totally. So, another team going for the eight seed, the Portland Trailblazers, they had Trevor Ariza opt out, who was a big-time defensive. I mean, that's why they traded for him, I think. They needed someone who could lock down defensively. Do you think that's affecting them right now? Because they are winning big games, and they're also losing games that you think they should win mm-hmm. as they try to chase down this eight seed. Honestly, I don't, it's definitely affecting them, regardless of the um, They're playing a lot better than how they played throughout the season, and that it's shown in the bubble. But, you know, there, there's no way they can replace that Trevor Ariza feel. I mean, his defense is is through the roof. So, you know, it's definitely you, – you see on a struggling end because you have some subpar defenders in Melo, Damian Lewis, CJ McCollum, people who can't defend as strongly as him, and it shows. But, honestly, Portland's definitely made up with it with the return of, you know, Zach Collins and, and Nurkic. They've really shown that they're serious, that they're here in the bubble to actually stay and compete. So, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, of all the reasons to set out, I think he's got a, a, a solid reason he's taking care of his son. So, you know, yep. more power to him. Hopefully, he's able to come back next year and play well. And I know that they'll miss him, but they they still look like a good team. But, yeah, I think that he could be a, a big part. Melo has really stepped up oh, yeah. in, in his absence. I mean, he's he's gone from a liability that only gives you some help scoring mm-hmm. to being the go-to guy at the end of the game. Yep. So, I love to see that. Love to see Melo come back in this bubble. It's fun. Oh yeah, it's kind of. I I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with what Damian uh, Damian Lillard said. Man, it's crazy. People forget that he's a Hall of Famer. It is. It really is crazy. Oof. So now, who do you think will will claim this eight seed? I mean, there's a lot going on. You you said it to me earlier. There's. It's become so close. We're having to look up the tiebreaker rules to be able to play in to the tiebreaker play in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got Spurs. The Suns are going off right now. Devin Booker cannot be stopped. No matter if PG, Kawhi, it doesn't matter. No one can stop him. Yeah. And so the Suns have all of a sudden put themselves from way out of it. No one was picking them to a chance. The Pelicans have a serious chance. The Spurs have a serious chance. And the Trailblazers have a serious chance. Yep. Who, if you had a guess, and so we're not talking about eight, nine seed playing. We're talking about who do you think will make that final spot and play the Lakers, your Lakers, in round one? Honestly, if we're being 100% honest, I, I'll have to say the Trailblazers. Mainly because, I mean, just when I, when I look at the Trailblazers starting five, you can't, there's nothing close to it in any of the remaining teams outside. Um, of the, that's not already in the playoffs. You know, you look at the Memphis, you look at um, the Suns, you look at the Kings, the Spurs. They don't they don't compare at all to what the Trailblazers have. They have I mean, they have an MVP type caliber player in McCollum. 
uh, a top 10 score in the league. I mean, I said McCollum, sorry. Damian Lillard, not McCollum. Yeah, McCollum's <laughs> a good score, but yeah, not quite yeah, top 10. Not MVP yet, but not yeah, they, you got you know, top 15, I was going to say top 10, top 15 score in McCollum. Then you got Melo, you got a great center in Nurkic. I mean, they have they have such a great uh, caliber offense that, I mean, it's hard to count them out. I mean, they, they've made the playoffs for, I think it's five straight years. It's hard. It's kind of hard to count them out. So I don't have to say Trailblazers. You know, and as much as I want to disagree with you, as much as I want to say that the Grizzlies are going to sneak their way in after going 0-4 to start it off, mm-hmm. after losing Jaron Jackson and seeing the energy the team plays with, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. And I have to agree with you. What I think I've noticed more than anything, because these eight games actually feel like the playoffs. You know, they don't feel like regular season games. They feel like the games where everything matters and they always seem to come down to a close call at the end. You know, it's kind of whoever executes at the end. And it's clearly showing to me that maturity and veteran play is more important down here in the bubble than just raw talent. Oh, yeah. Mello, Dame, CJ, Nurkic all know how to close out games. They've been in the playoffs, like you said, as many as many years as they've been in the league, just about. They know how to handle these close games. And... They're doing what Grizzlies can. Even the Pelicans are struggling with it. The Pelicans every now and then will be in a close game towards the end and they'll take bad shots. They'll turn the mm-hmm. ball over. And the Trailblazers know how to utilize their offense. And also, I think Nurkic has come back way better than I thought he would. I thought he was going to come back and be slowly working his way back in the game. But he came out and he's playing like like crazy right now. Yeah. And then that kind of brings us to a point. What, what do you think about Whiteside, man? To be able to just... You know, <laughs> Take that step side, just let Nurkic come back in and take his spot. How do you feel about that? This man was putting up career numbers. He led the league in blocks. I mean, how do you feel that he, how he just let Nurkic back in like that? Do you think he's wrong for doing that? No. Well, I mean, if anything, I feel a little worried for him because hmm. I feel like this hurts his value. I mean, like you said, he's putting up incredible numbers. Yep. And they weren't in the playoffs yet. Like, they were still behind the Grizzlies. And I even got to watch a few games. The Grizzlies beat them. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, like they were a good team, but it was just kind of something was something was off. And Nurkic comes in here, and he's putting up great rebounding, great scoring, great defense, and he kind of seems to flow with the offense better than Whiteside. Whiteside is an incredible rebounder, but it didn't seem like he flowed very well with the offense. He could catch an oop easily mm-hmm. from Dame, but Nurkic brings a whole other level. And so now you're worried that Whiteside's kind of like that Drummond player where you feel like you have to pay him a ridiculous amount of money because he puts up stupid numbers, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to be pushing the team to winning. So I'm a little worried for him and his value at fantasy value. We fine. Oh, of course. But Teams will now look at him a little differently. And clearly Nurkic is the superior center. The other West team we'll talk about here that has made a real serious push. Suns four. No Devin Booker's Ooh. dominant. It's a game winning shot over uh, Paul, uh, Paul George. They can't be stopped. Why? How in the world is this team? I mean, even DeAndre Ayton, he's hitting threes now. What? What do we do against this team? It's honestly, it's just about that time. Honestly, how I see about it, because it, it's funny, because I've I've kind of had this conversation with many people throughout the years about why is, uh, why the Suns aren't good. But if you look at the Suns roster. Top to bottom, it's not it's not a worst team in the NBA type caliber team. They actually have you know Devin Booker, Kelly Uber Jr., Aaron Baines, you know Sa- Soccer. They have they have some 
some good players. So why are they doing so bad? I just think they're finally learning to play well with each other. I mean, of course, Devin Book is on a whole nother level right now. I mean, this man is playing absurd. So that that definitely plays effect into it. But you know, they have they have uh, great picks and bridges. They have a lot of great players to kind of supplement Devin Booker. I think they're finally all learned to play together. And you know, Aiden shooting threes that just adds on to it too. So <laughs> hey, man, they're gonna be they're gonna be a threat here in the future. Over the bubble, you know, this is just their their you know playing around time. But here come the future, man, it's gonna be scary. What did you, what was your nickname for Aiden this year in fantasy? Baby Shaq. Baby Shaq. Baby with Shaq, a three-point shot now, right? Baby Ooh. Shaq with a three-point shot? Baby Shaq with a three-point mm. shot. I, I, this year, I was uh, giving him 20 and 20. I think next year, he's going to go 30 points, 20 rebounds. 30 points, 20 rebounds. You heard it here first. Yup. Tune himself, calling that one. <laughs> but it is fun to get to see Devin Booker play in meaningful games. Yes. Because, what, this is his, I think we saw that this is his first time to win four straight games in his career. Four straight games. That, That's, I mean, the, the same man who's hit four-plus game winners, who's scored 70 points in a game, this is his first time winning four straight games. Like, that that just it still just baffles me that this I man mean, is... I mean, that's got to be the Suns' ownership, right? Like, they oh, haven't yeah. been able to put a team together because the Grizzlies won five in a row this year. The Grizzlies. Yep. And, I mean, we're young. So we shouldn't be that consistent. The fact that Devin Booker, an all-star, who, by the way, whether or not he got voted in the first time, shouldn't be a thing. He should be an all-star by now. Mm-hmm. How in the world is he not able to get a team to win four straight games? And I'm hoping that the team they finally put together gives him a chance because you want to see someone like that competing late into the season. Exactly. Exactly. And so to kind of wrap all this up, we're going to wrap up the real basketball talk. Oh, yeah. I want to know. Who do you think? No bias, because no bias. No bias who no bias. wins this championship? The the championship, and this could be East or West team. Who wins? Yeah, who wins the NBA Finals? Man, uh, honestly, no bias, no bias at all. You gotta, I mean, you gotta give it to the Lakers. It, it has to be the Lakers. Do you? You um, gotta give it to them. You gotta give it to them. I, I know a lot of people aren't a fan of the Lakers because you know we're just such a winning organization. But when you look at the Lakers and what they can do when they're playing, when they're firing on all cylinders, they can't be stopped. They can't be stopped. I, th- I think they have a lot of threats. They can't be uh, not gonna lie. They have a lot of threats within the Bucks, you know, the Rockets. Um, I'm not gonna say the Clippers. You know, I was gonna say you're not even gonna mention the team in the same city. They're the, the number little, two seed. They're the little brother. The little brother's never a problem. The little so, brother. They're never the problem. So wow. So I, I have to say the Lakers. But I would say that if the Lakers weren't to win it all, I, I would have to go with my dark horse team, the Rockets, to win it all. You know, that's a team that I I have to say, a lot of people are really starting to see that in a very short series, where all you have to do is be get hot real quick. Mm-hmm. That is a team that is dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. Yeah. And I don't think anybody wants to face them right now. But... They are a team who could really do this. As for me, who I'm picking to win this championship, I'm actually going with the Rockets. I actually okay. think they're finally going to do it. Okay. Because James Harden looks like the rest was good for him. The rest was good for Russell Westbrook, which, who right now, Westbrook is sitting out tonight. So hopefully, for them, he comes back healthy. If he comes back and he's healthy for the playoffs, I think the Rockets really have a chance to finally win the championship and give James Harden that ring. 
I definitely agree, man. I definitely agree. And I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I wish it could have been Chris Paul instead of Russ to get the ring with James Harden. But, I mean, the, the lineup, that the, the style of play that they created is, man, it's it's a lot of people thought it wouldn't work. But they're showing that it's alive and well. I mean, just basically run a five out. Just like, you know, it's like, it seems like a 2K offense. Just run a five out, dribble in, just pass it out in the shoot. And it's basically a rebound to keep doing the same thing. And it seems to be working for them, so... If I remember right, the Rockets are on the Lakers side of the playoffs right now, right? As of right now, but you know, within that that's I think it's seven to two seed, they can all, you know, shift. They're all within a couple of games. The only clinch spot is the Lakers currently. So it'll be interesting to see if the Rockets even no matter what side they end up on, if the Lakers are in the one seed and the Clippers are in the two seed, the Rockets will have to face one to two. So it's gonna be a a very interesting test. Whoever they got, the, uh, whoever's got to face them. So, yeah, I think the Lakers and the Clippers. Neither one of them want to see the uh, see the Rockets before that Western Conference Finals, but one of them will have to do it. So, it depends on whether the Rockets can uh, move up or if they'll stay where they are. So, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into fantasy because we that's kind of what this is all about. But yeah. we we're kind of just trying to guess a little bit in the future here on fantasy. So what are some players, you know, you've seen, we've watched a few games now, I think four or five games per team. Who are some players that you've really enjoyed watching so far in the restart who have kind of piqued your interest for fantasy? Not not by whether or not they'll be stars or whether they'll be good values, but just like who's someone that you've seen so far that's been a lot of fun to watch? Man, I have to say Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. You talk about a... A player who's just coming up in the, in the works. I mean, we saw him throughout the year before the season ended. He was playing at a whole new level. He man went from averaging you know 16 points a game to 24. He just made that huge jump. So I think about Brandon Ingram. He um even though he has a big factor Zion on the team, he's still able to show. And with Zion being out so often, how how talented he is, I think he's going to be a great great future pickup here soon. I mean, he really is. Starting to play, he's, he seems to be modeling his game almost after Kevin Durant, the way he pulls up for his jump shots in the break, his back-to-the-basket moves. They all look like that, where just no one can block him. He's too tall for the men that have to guard him. He's too fast for the big men. He's going to be someone who really could be a you know, superstar in this league, and you just hope that the Pelicans, the team we've always talked about, we're worried about, gives him a chance to prove it. Exactly. Exactly. That's the main thing. That is the main thing. What about you? Who who are you feeling? Who you've been excited to watch? You know, I was so excited, so excited for watching Bowl Bowl. I was pumped. The scrimmages were showing me, oh my gosh, we've Mm. got another star in the making. I can't wait for them to put him in in the games and show what he can do against actual players and real important minutes. And then they kind of just quit playing and when the man's rolled around. So I was so excited. I was like, he's going to be one of my steals. And then his teammate, you know, Michael Porter Jr. over here takes the over the spotlight in his draft. <laughs> well, yeah. well, we're, we're just, I want to I want to point that out to everybody. The dot team is saying that Michael Porter Jr. is the best player in his class. You want to mention some other players in that draft class, dot team? Um, there's not too many other, you know, quality players. A few are um, Trey Young. Um, you know, there's that guy. What I think? What team? He he's on the Mavericks. What's his name? 
could be Luka Doncic, my fantasy steal from the last season. Yeah, and, and Luka's a good player, but honestly, my argument uh, with Tyler was, you look at Michael Porter Jr., this man did has not gotten a chance to show that what Trey Young and what Luka are showing. He's been stuck down in a system where they're not letting him get time to play. Um, they're not giving him minutes on the floor. They're not giving him shots. But now you look in the bubble, and they, you know, his last two games, he, um, not counting today because I haven't kept up with the, their game today, he had 35 points and then 32 points while putting up a high amount of rebounds, 10-plus rebounds. And he's just showing his capabilities now. Imagine if he had, you know, a whole team to himself. He, he, would, be, he would be a star already, already, so... I, I see your argument there that he doesn't have the opportunities that Luca and Trey have had on their teams. So, yes, we're starting to see that. We're starting to see that he could probably carry the team. We're starting to see that on a team with Nikolai Jokic, he could be the guy. He could, yep. It could be his team, yep. even with a star like that. But I still think – I'm still going to go out there and say I think Luca is the best player in this draft. I think it could end up being Luca, Michael Porter Jr., 1-2 from this draft class. Probably 1-A, 1-B. But... but the craziest part is he's going to be one of those stories where he was injured. That's true. Mm-hmm. But he was the 14th pick in this draft. 14. You know how many people passed up on him for this? I mean, this. so this team's – I don't think the, the Mavericks are going to regret their pick, even if he does become – better if you what you say is true just because they still got Luka Doncic like you can't be sad about that but the Suns the Kings the Hawks I don't want to say the the Grizzlies but it looks like we did the Mavericks the Magic the Bulls the Cavs the Knicks who drafted Kevin Knox in this draft by the way Mm -hmm. the Sixers the Hornets the Clippers all passed up on this guy. And this could be one of those Giannis stories where, you know, they, so many teams passed up on this guy, didn't want to take the risk. The Nuggets took the risk, and it could really pay off big for them. Paying big. Paying big. Real big. So all those teams may be kicking themselves, especially the Knicks there who drafted Kevin Knox, already are trying to get rid of him. And they're so star-starved, they could have had one. Straight out of the draft class, but whatever. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna I'm say apologies to any any Knicks fans that are watching this, but Nick, the Knicks fans just need to destroy the team and start again. Start they need, all over. They need to start all over. Let's move out of New York. Go find them a small borough in in New York or in the whole state and just try again. Because the Knicks, they're struggling. They 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 get they get players. The players just get worse. So. <laughs> And you have to think part of it's the culture and the organization there. I mean, there's no way that many guys come through. You spend that many years, and no one starts to stand out. No one. Even R.J. Barrett had a terrible year after what was supposedly, I mean, he could have been. Some people were saying he could be the best player in the class. And now it's one year. He could still show up. But I just don't think they're doing a lot to help their players there. So, sorry, Knicks fans. But you took it upon yourself when you became a Knicks fan. <laughs> so some of these guys, so this gives us a good lead in, though, into players who maybe weren't targeted or were targeted very late in other oh, yeah. drafts, who's, who are now becoming guys that you're going to pick as rotation players, as key players for your team, not starters, not stars. Maybe some flex positions, 
or maybe they're guys who are going to start becoming fantasy stalwarts, like someone you put in there and you don't have to worry about. Like he's a guaranteed start. And so some of these, like we just talked about Michael Porter Jr. Was he even drafted in most drafts last year? Not at all. You got you to remember, Michael Porter Jr. is still out a lot this year as far as not even injury out, just, you know, coach's decision did not play out. So he, there, was, there was no purpose even having him on your team. You know, a lot of people stashed him thinking they'll be able to be smart and keep him when he starts playing. But, you know, the, the Nuggets never gave him a chance. So he was just sitting sitting on the roster uh, catching dust. He was draft pick 153 last year. Oof. And that's between the two leagues. And Yahoo is 163, ESPN 144. He was 153. So he was way down there. A lot of people took that chance on him, it looks like, for him to make it up there. He was taking over some some names we've heard of who actually became decent. Well, he was taken ahead of Will Barton in some leagues. That's funny. But he's someone, I mean, if you're talking about, so we're, we'll talk about these things in like a 10-team draft. So that we can say top 10, top 20, top 30 players for each yep. round. How comfortable do you feel about taking him next year? Do you think the Nuggets give him a chance? Personally, if I had, you know, if I had already finished the one through my draft and, you know, I had an extra couple slots where I was like, I'm not for sure about this guy. There was just, you know, I'm hesitant about anyone left. I would take him. But, you know, if I had a guy who wanted to be productive, because you got to remember some of the people that could still be there late in the draft can be people like TJ Warren, um, who's now you see what's going on this year. People like Shai Gilgis Alexander. So you can still look for people who are going to have the opportunity. Or, like, uh, you can just take that risk on him and hope for the best. But until he gets out of that Nuggets system, I, I wouldn't opt in uh, to picking him. I agree. He's, he's still a little bit moving. We're watching all this happen without Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton on the court, all guys who are starters for that team. Yep. And so we'll see what they create for him when all those guys come back. If they're smart... I think they still have to give him a chance, but it's always hard for a coach to get out of that comfort routine, especially going into the playoffs. So exactly. it may take us till the beginning of next year to see what they do with him. Exactly. A guy I'm actually saying to look out for, and I'm not saying to draft him high. I'm talking about towards the end of your drafts to keep an eye on, depending on where he goes. Josh Jackson. Because, you know, he Josh gave him Jackson. We pretty much got him for free. We sent Javon Carter to the Suns for Josh Jackson Kyle Korver, and I like a late pick, I think, if I remember right, a second rounder. And he played most of his time in the G League, and he didn't complain, which was great. We finally gave him a chance. We're still barely giving him any minutes. But when he's out there, his threes look good. His defense looks incredible. I mean, he's in the few minutes he's out there, he's already averaging a couple steals and maybe a block. And so this is a guy who we saw towards the end of his Phoenix career start having serious success. Like, he started scoring consistently. He became one of the leaders on the team until all the off-court issues happened. So say he keeps it clean and say he goes to some team with plenty of opportunity. He's someone I really think could turn into a point stud or a categories rotational player. Maybe a flex play every now and then. So, someone to keep an eye on, in my opinion. I think Josh Jackson showed defense, showed offense. And so, it's just going to take opportunity for him. Anyone else that you've liked that was uh, maybe not really in the fantasy conversation last year who's maybe rising up this year? Man, 
it's a good bit of them, and it's funny that you actually men- mentioned uh, Memphis. There's another really good pick out of Memphis that I really like watching, and that's Brandon Clark. Um, Brandon Clark, you know, had one of the best, you know, minutes, uh, points per minute in in the league as far as the production he comes off the bench. And, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, give him that time or say when their big man go down, Brandon Clark has the opportunity to just really step up and be dominant and, and be a great asset to some people. So I could definitely see Brandon Clark. Um, another big one I have to say is De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is, uh, I, 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 I'm pretty biased on this subject, but De'Aaron Fox is a, a monster of a player, monster of a player. Um, he has all the aspects of a game. He has a jump shot, the speed, the athleticism. He, he's almost like a baby Westbrook, you know, foreman. So that that's my guy going to next year who I think can really, really drop, uh, drop, I guess, climb the ranks, drop from like a, you know, top 50 to like a top 20, top top 30 pick. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be – he's someone who you really have to start thinking about now because he leads that team. He's always yeah. – his, his scoring has improved. His assists have improved. His steals, they're great. Has and that's usually a category defensive. that a lot of people have trouble with. Yeah. Exactly. Not a lot of guys who get – as many steals as him. Then you got to think too. Oh, uh, my bad. That cut you off. That's the, no, the Skype, the Skype problems. But, <laughs> but, um, no. And the, the, I think the biggest thing with him too was coming to this year. I think it was, I mean, it was still known that it was, you know, it was Buddy and De'Aaron Fox, Buddy and De'Aaron Fox, Buddy and De'Aaron Fox. But going into the year now, especially seeing the bubble, it's now just De'Aaron Fox's team. So I think he's going to have that same confidence going to next year. Even with Bagley, even with you know Baysmore, all those other guys, it's still going to be his team. So I think his value is just going to shoot through the roof. I agree. All right, let's talk about guys who we had on the radar last year, and they were good players, but they have started ascending in towards fantasy stardom. And I'm talking about stardom. I'm talking about top thirty players. Like these oh, are the guys who you are targeting to build your team around. Oh yeah. One of the guys, and. You had him this year for a little while. I had him for a little while. He was a great trade piece that I'm really looking forward to. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yep. He could be the next coming of Paul George. Now, he could also be better than that. And that's a yeah. big statement because Paul George is a big time player. He was, what, third, I think, in MVP voting last year? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a guy who can do score from all three levels. That's the big thing about them. Score from all three levels: three mid-range buckets, mm-hmm. and this is and so he. I think he had the incredible opportunity of getting to play with Chris Paul, probably the best, one of the best point guards. All time. One of the best people to learn from. Oh my gosh! I mean, you're talking about a guy who knows the game. Tell me about it. Yep. And so, who knows what they're going to do with Chris Paul? You know, I love the guy. I hope he gets a chance for a ring. I hope he doesn't get traded to the Knicks. But, he'll, be, he'll be on the Lakers next year. No worries. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna pay him under the table, stay off that uh, tax bill. Hey, don't worry about it. Lakers do what we got to do. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just enjoy this. Enjoy the show. So to say, enjoy the Lake Show. <laughs> the Lake Show. The Lake Show. The fifty million dollar player Lake Show. Yep. But you know who knows? Maybe he comes back to the Thunder next year. Maybe he doesn't. And if he doesn't, there's no there's no one to run that offense except for Shea. And I think he could really become one of those guys that we're talking about top 30 player. He's going up. I mean, he would be 
He was someone, because Drew Holiday last year, he's a player that I'm kind of thinking of. He was taken at the average 24 pick. Mm-hmm. And he, I think I want Shea next year over Drew Holiday. Just because of the opportunity. Just the because opportunity. of the opportunity. And, I mean, he should take another level. I'm really looking forward to him taking another step to another level and, and just absolutely balling out. It's funny, cause I don't think a lot of people realize that this is this is Shea's second year in the NBA. His second year. And he's already improved vastly. Imagine, you know, his third year and fourth year, it's just going to be an exponential growth. I mean, we see a lot of the players doing that. We, we talked about one earlier, Devin Booker. You know, we've seen Jason Tatum pro- progressively. So I think Shy's on the same track, you know. He went from a, from a you know, a good rookie of the year candidate to now a most improved candidate this year. So it'll be interesting to see where he, where he leaps to next year. Where do you feel comfortable? Mm-hmm taking Brandon Ingram next year. This is a guy who we just talked about who's all of a sudden, you know, he's showing that he can literally be that top, one of the top scorers in the league. He could take that spot, that Kevin Durant style player. Oh yeah. So where are you taking him next year? With the Pelicans as a factor, with the having to share the ball with Zion as a factor. Yeah. What, like top 10, top 20, top 30, top 40, top 50. Where do you, where do you like Brandon Ingram? So, so this is, this is a difficult one because I'm a big fan of Brandon Ingram. Big friend. Uh, as we discussed earlier, but it, you gotta, you kind of gotta think of the the side effects to it too, and like and that's he has Drew Holiday, a really ball dominant guard around him. He has Lonzo, a really ball dominant guard around him, and he has Zion, who's just you know, he's he's who the Pelicans are basing their offense on. So he's got to kind of think about that. How many how much opportunity is Brendan Ingram gonna get? I will say Brendan Ingram was on a team like the Knicks, a team that he was the center. I, I think Brandon Ingram will be in the same situation as pa- uh, Pascal Siakam this year. He'd be a top 20 pick Ooh, if yeah. he had a team to himself. But him being on the team with the Pelicans where he has those other options, I would still feel more comfortable, you know, getting him in probably, I'll say the mid-30s, around the mid-30s, maybe late-20s, depending on how the draft's going, if he, if he's there. But I think a safe pick will be early to mid-30s. Uh, That's a huge jump because last year he was draft pick average 105. Yep. 105. And Amazing. he could be a top 30 fantasy player this year. I completely agree with you, though. That as long as they use him, and you know, you worry because some of the injuries he had that kept him out were kind of scary injuries. I mean, oh, yeah. they were health issues. And so you're hoping that everything is, is good with him now. You really do. Because you want to see someone like that who could be the future of the NBA really get to show out. Yep. So now we go. You, well, I talked about Booker. Devin Booker getting to play meaningful games. So we the get goals. to see Devin Booker. The GOAT in tonight. So the night we're watching this, he shouts out Kobe Bryant. He wears a Kobe shirt. He says he writes it on his shoes. He shouts out Kobe Bryant as the reason for why he's playing so well. And we know that Devin Booker was very close with Kobe Bryant. He he studied Kobe Bryant's game. He went to train with Kobe Bryant. He even got a was, tattoo after that. Be probably, there's probably no bigger influence for Booker than Kobe. but And now, so you're seeing him play these meaningful games, these playoff games, and he is absolutely balling out. How do you think this translates to a full season when you've got to look down the barrel of normally 82 games? And we don't know what next year will be like, because I think they're going to start it somewhere around Christmas. So it's going to be a shorter season, supposedly. How does he keep up that mentality? And do you see it to where he becomes... Because last year he was average draft position 28. So he, I mean, this guy playing like this would be a top 20 player. Does he? Can he keep that up 
for a whole season? I, I definitely think he can keep it up. The only issue that he faces is how injury prone he is, which I think that has the effect to do with the team he's on. Um, we, we know that, the, that, that they've been a bad team. They've been known to be a bad team. And we're surprised that they even won four games straight. That's how bad of a team they've been. So it's uh, kind of one of those things is maybe as the, the Suns get better, he'll start playing through those, those you know, small injuries. But until his longevity factor comes into play, I still think he's gonna, that's going to worry a lot about uh, fantasy owners. I agree. And then uh, we just talked about Shea. You love mm-hmm. his game. We love his potential. Chris Paul seems to have found the fountain of youth. This <laughs> he is play- he's played more games than I thought he would play. I figured, you know, we all thought he was going to this tanking Thunder team because they mm-hmm. just shipped out Westbrook and Paul George in the same year. I mean, that that's awful to yeah. recover from. It is absolutely awful. And so now he comes into this team. You're like, they're not going to play him. They're trying to tank. They're going for the draft pick. Because they have, I mean, how many draft picks do they have? Do they have, did they just have all the picks for next year's draft or something say, like that? Say, is there a cap? I mean, I'm, if there was, I'm not sure they passed by it. So. <laughs> sure they passed it if there yeah. was one. But here they are, number six seed right now currently in the Western Conference. Can you count? I mean, I was not, I was so worried staying away from him going into this season in fantasy yeah. basketball. But now you see this, I kind of, I'm excited to see what he does next year. Oh, yeah. I don't. I have to say, I don't feel like he can do it the second year in a row because I feel I'm worried that they're going to trade him or let him go somewhere else. But I mean, this is one that could really make or break a fantasy league for you because last year I think he was draft pick 45. Yep. Exactly. And he's playing like a top 30 player. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's those, it's those trade-offs you got to make. You know, it's when, when you're when you're making those drafts, you got to understand the risk, especially going into next year. Like you said, you know, you don't know the situation he might be in. He might get hurt. He might go to a team that's just a tanking team, no doubt, that they're just going to sit him down. So you got to take those factors into play. But then you got to think of the upside, too, that as long as Chris Paul is playing for a team that wants to win, I mean, he's always he the competitive driving them. He's always going to want to win. So... If he if, if he's going to a team like that, I definitely see Chris Paul being a top thirty, top forty pick. But you know, just gotta take those risks in the mind. I mean, that just doesn't do great for the the look of the league. So hopefully they'll exactly. be able to to do that next year. And I, and I really the problem with that honestly, I think is that you know the the teams don't care. I think that's the biggest problem. They they I mean it's it's. It's sad, but at the end of the day, it's still a business. They don't care too much about what the fans think. They're trying, their job is to win games and win a championship. So whatever they have to do to get to that point, that's what they're going to do. And I think that's whole, the, the whole concept of Kawhi's load management was, yeah, people are coming to see him during for games, but he he needs to be 100% for when we go in the playoffs. So they don't care about the fans coming in the regular season. You'll see him during the playoffs, kind of mindset they have. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right there. But hopefully we'll see. Hopefully we'll see maybe some more games played from our favorite players. Hopefully there's less load management. Maybe we still get a good season. Hopefully this COVID doesn't keep going all the way into the heart of next season. But we can only hope because things aren't looking great right now. But who knows? (laughs) We'll We'll keep hope up. We'll keep hope up for the basketball season. Yeah. And then 
So a guy out of the West right now. He's in the West right now. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where he'll go next year. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan. Oof. Depending on where he goes, if you think he goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what are you looking for to make you feel confident picking him? Because he actually showed this year. I mean, he actually yeah. started putting up solid leading the team numbers. He was putting yep. up in all categories. Filling up the stat sheet. And so... Does he go back to Toronto? Does and where does that where how does that affect his fantasy value to you? That's and, and that's honestly a, a good point. It is where is he going to end up? That's a great question because you got you got a, a guy who's obviously he's not washed yet. I think he's he's thirty years old. He still has a lot of uh, a lot of years ahead of him. So it's like, does he go back to Toronto? I know he's a big fan of Toronto. Does he go to Cali? He's, he's from Compton, so. Does he go try and play for the hometown team? Does he make a new super team with Kawhi and PG? Uh, just a lot of different options. I know the Magic were in big talks to get him, so it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to think about where he's going to go, but he's shown definitely that his fantasy value has not diminished at all. I mean, he was putting up lightning numbers playing for the Spurs, who have a you know are a, a known uh, slow pace, hard system to really produce in, um, unless you're like someone like Tim Duncan. So DeMar DeRozan has definitely shown that he's capable of doing that. So his free agency this summer is going to be an interesting, interesting thing to see where he goes. Is there anyone on the Spurs, if he leaves yeah. and vacates all this playing time, scoring, whatever, leading mm-hmm. the team, is there anyone on the Spurs that you're looking for to pick up some of that fantasy slack and really start to shine next year? Because, I mean, you've got, like, Deontay Murray. You've got Lonnie Walker. Mm-hmm. And uh-uh. then... Marcus Aldridge, we'll see where he goes to. I mean, there's no telling. Uh, I'm going to tell you a sleeper pick, a really sleeper pick. He's not a sleeper. I think he was a sleeper about a year ago, but he's really came to shine. I think Pop really likes him, and that's Derek White. Derek Derek White. White. He feels the stat sheet. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal three-point shooter. He makes the right plays. Um I think he's somebody. If if the, if uh, DeRozan leaves and that leaves more uh, ball time for him, you know he'll still have Aldridge to pass to. He's a great scorer, plays great defense. I think he can really jump up to maybe you know top sixty, top seventy in the league, depending on the situation. I think you may have mentioned the most important statistic for fantasy value out of San Antonio. Yeah, is that Pop likes him. Yeah, Out of all the things exactly. that matter, shooting well, scoring, being incredible, it doesn't matter. If Pop doesn't yeah. like you, you're not playing. You're not playing. You're, you're not playing. We saw that with Kawhi. So yeah, we, we did. And like you said, Pop loves Derek White. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a huge deal. That's that's a great find, I think, because yeah. Derek White could really step up in a big role with Pop telling him to do it. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that leads me. That leads me to to discuss the next, the upcoming super team, super team in the West. And I don't want to say I called this, but I kind of <laughs> called this coming up. And it's not complete yet. But currently, uh, towards the end of the season, uh, Minnesota made a trade with Golden State to acquire D'Lo. So good friends, Ke- Coffee Towns and D'Angelo Russell teamed up. You know, they didn't get too many games to play together. It's still an interesting thing because they're both all stars. They're both really good players. How do you how do you see them performing next year? You know, this is one of those things that it feels like they should be incredible. Carly Towns is already you know top three, top four mm-hmm. fantasy pick. Mm-hmm. D'Lo was one of those guys who 
I mean, here last year he was drafted average pick of 40. Mm-hmm. And he could be higher, but we didn't have him higher because he was on a team with Steph. And so these two guys are guys who can absolutely dominate. And I have no idea what it does to their fantasy value. I think they'll be a good team, but the West is just loaded. Yeah. It's hard to imagine because, you know, right now the eight seed. So what I th- keep thinking about there is you take them out, take anybody who can make the eight seed this year and put in the Warriors, mm-hmm. who will probably be back next year if everyone's healthy. Yep. The only team you can see maybe falling out of the West, if Chris Paul leaves, does it hurt the Thunder that bad? I don't know. But they're still, I mean, they're at the sixth seed. They're not even on the verge of falling out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how it'll help them in the real game. I think this does a lot of great things for D'Lo's fantasy value, more so than Carlton Towns. Because you can't really go up from Carlton Towns. Yep. But D'Lo could really be a top 30 player because... His assists surely will go up because cats can score from all of exactly. us. So he anywhere he gets the ball could get him an assist. They have uh, what's that sleeper? The guy that traded from the Nuggets over. Oh, started, um, Malik Beasley, right? Malik, his name? Beasley, Malik Beasley. He started shooting the three very, very well last year. Ooh, with confidence. With confidence. So not only does that give D'Lo assists to help his game, but if you're looking for a guy who's giving you threes with field goal efficiency, who scored very well when Cat was out last year, Malik Beasley is another guy to be looking at. Now, oh, yeah. I do think this hurts Jarrett Culver's value because oh, yeah. he was kind of drafted to run this team, it felt like. He was kind of, they were running him at point guard a lot, trying to see if they could get him to be the playmaker. And then they go out and get D'Lo. So he's now definitely. And you want to know something? I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Minnesota tried to make a move to to ship out him and then their, their pick this year to try and go and get another, you know, piece to connect them. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's not a bad idea. But you, you never know. I mean, I, you know, I'm still waiting for that final piece to connect with uh, Minnesota and bring Devin Booker there, so the, the three can make their, you know, their the banana boat crew over there. It's, so. been, it's been talked about a lot. <laughs> They've not been shy about mentioning that. So I don't know how it'll happen, but mm-hmm. there's a chance it could happen. Devin Booker will be a free agent in two years. So, oh man, that's that's something to watch. It could be fun to watch. Hopefully, we can see a competitive team out there again. Oh yeah. Okay, so what I want to finish with is the guy who came became fantasy star, NBA star. He finished in the MVP voting. Last year, he was being drafted at an average pick of 18, which was higher than what experts had projected him. Because Wait, the projections thought, had him in the 20s. I thought we were talking about 2019. Hmm? You're mentioning Kobe, right? Oh, mm, yeah. Uh, uh no, sorry, <laughs> sorry to to pour more salt on that wound for you, but no, we're not. We are talking about Luka Doncic, and the reason I'm so happy to talk about Luka Doncic is because I snagged him at pick 18, and stole, it really stole that, him. It really would have led to my help my championship out if the season had ended, but luckily, unfortunately, and luckily for you, my season was cut short, and I could not uh, finish you off in the playoffs. Um, However, just, can you continue? But just just to give some some background context, I'm a uh, we've had our fence league for two years now, and I'm the reigning back to back champion. He so. says back to back, but we've only had one champion, so I don't I don't know how that works. So so in in the comment section um, after this video, just just let me know how y'all feel about 
you know, the season was going on and it ended abruptly. How would y'all divvy out the championship at that point? You give it to the person who was doing the best in the league at the time? I think that's a valid, a valid point. Or do you just See, throw the whole season away? I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let y'all answer that one. And then y'all can go ahead and answer that too, because that would mean that his beloved Lakers would finish behind the Milwaukee Bucks if that's how the NBA decided to do it. But if, if that's how they decided, but but we're not picking up our season in a in a restart though. So unfortunately, we can't just decipher that. The the Lakers are gonna get an opportunity to play in the playoffs. We don't get the opportunity, so unfortunately for me, and fortunately for you. However, no, let's, it, get, let's, yeah. get, let's get let's get back. Hey, back to back, <laughs> back to back. So okay. continue, continue. We'll let you say whatever you want. But last year, so Luka Doncic drafted at pick eighteen. This year, you have to know going into it, he is, I mean, obviously top ten, very obviously to me, top five player. He's now a guy who can be who is your first round pick. He's the guy that you can build your team off. He's no longer a guy to add as a piece. He's now the guy to target as your cornerstone. And I want to do a little a little fun game here to help us to figure out where we would draft him. I'm a fan of games. So I have last year's draft order here. It's like who was drafted where. And I'm going off of ESPN because that's where that's where we drafted. Mm-hmm. I want to know which where you where you draft. I'm going to read you names of who was drafted, and I'm going to say this player versus Luca, and you tell me who you would draft there, and we'll try to figure out where you think Luca should be drafted next year. Let's do it. Okay, so pick one in ESPN leagues was Giannis Antetokounmpo. Are you taking Giannis or are you taking Luca? I would be a fool not to take Giannis, so yeah, I'm taking, would, taking Giannis. Yeah. So okay, so Giannis is still up there at the top. Mm-hmm. Number two. Anthony Davis. So for Anthony Davis, again, that goes into that that speculation. Does he stay with the Lakers? If he does, I'm taking Luca just because he has more opportunity. He has uh, he's more of a stat stuffer than Anthony Davis possibly can be with LeBron being there. So I'll have to go with Anthony Davis. I mean, oh whoa whoa, I have to go with Luca over Anthony Davis. Oh whoa, yeah, be careful there. Correct okay. that one. So you've already knocked Anthony Davis down. So maybe yep. you just didn't feel comfortable with Anthony Davis' draft position, anyways. Well, let's go to the number three player, Carl Anthony Towns. Because, you know, he had that whole team to himself last year. Mm-hmm. And now D'Lo comes in. Are you taking Carl Anthony Towns or Luka Doncic? That's that's a good one. But honestly, I'd have to go with Luka. Luka still has that opportunity where he can, you know, quite possibly put up the same amount of rebounds as Carl Anthony uh, Towns, along with points and assists. And that triple-double um that triple double throw every single night, I'll have to go with Luca. Okay, so that's two people knocked out of your top five. So Luca's up there pretty high. What about James Harden? Now that this is where it gets tough. Because you're talking about a third year guy, right? Right. Who this is first year that he really broke out to start him. Mm-hmm. Versus a guy who's established quite possibly the best scorer in the league currently. I think, as far as experience, just putting experience on the line, I'm going to have to go James Harden, just because I know what to get out of him. I, I know what to expect out of Luka after this year, but with James Harden, it's a for sure a for sure thing. Yeah, I mean, this is you're talking about, you don't get it, if you were drafting this high, you're not getting another pick until, depending on how deep your league, somewhere around the, the 20 range. 
mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Somewhere around there is your next pick. So this guy better be incredible. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. James Harden, you know what you're getting out of that. Steph Curry. Ooh. Steph Curry. Steph Curry with the pot. <laughs> or Steph? I'm gonna have to take I'm gonna have to take Luca. You okay. know, Steph Curry kind of falls in that same he's in the Warrior system. They're gonna be competing, but they're still gonna be watching him and Clay really closely. So I'll have time for the limitations. I'm going I'm going Luca. Okay. And the last name I'll go with so we don't have to go too far down here, because I'm starting to feel like we're getting to the place where it's becoming a little bit more obvious. Mm-hmm. LeBron. And he'll be going in what, 36, 18th season? And you're watching this bubble right now? It's giving you a little concerns. Are you, I assume you're taking Luca. It's no question. Here. No question about it. No I mean, question about it. I'm taking he's playing Luka. the same game, right? The the triple double threat, but he's a little bit better scorer right now. It's not. It's not been, I think that, and that's the thing. That's what, that's what I put in, into reality is they put up. They can put up the same same numbers, similar numbers, but as far as Luca's younger and LeBron's now. From the bubble restart, he's showing a little bit, little bit signs of, you know, age and that gray beard is coming out and it's, he's not ex- it's explosive. His defense steps aren't there. So I'm going to go Luka just because he's younger. Okay, I agree. And then now we're into the guys that are like, Jokic is a good player, but we don't think he's got that ceiling that mm-hmm. Luka has. Embiid, you're worried about sitting out. Kawhi, you're worried about sitting out. PG sitting out. Russ was sitting out. The only other name on there is Dame, who we know is an incredible scorer, great assist, but he doesn't offer that three-category explosion. So, so you heard it here first, folks. Toon said he would take Luka at third overall, which I don't disagree with. I'm not saying it's a crazy pick. I'm just saying we have to come to terms with there's a new player in the league in his third year who's ready to take over your fantasy team and play at that caliber of fantasy basketball. Draft Luca and thank me later. Put it in the comment section. Thank, <laughs> thank you, later. you later. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all joining us tonight. This was our our first fantasy basketball. Fantasy Let's go, baby. Yep, we made it. We hopefully didn't sound too much like idiots. Maybe you believed us. Maybe we didn't steer your team wrong for next year. Maybe you forget everything we said by the time when it comes around. Maybe we'll have a completely new show by then. But we appreciate it. Thank you for joining us, and as always, try to make an impact in your community today.